Hello, this is Saul Gonzalez, lead pastor of Lifehouse Church, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you so very much for joining us today. I believe that through this message, God will encourage you, challenge you, and better yet, change you for the glory of God and for the purposes God has called you. Enjoy this message. Yes, yes. So today we we start our new sermon series. It's going to be a mini sermon series, and we've entitled it, It's Complicated. Anybody ever been in a situation where you're complicated in certain things? Yes? And again, I like to talk back, so you can talk back with me this morning. We can engage, but it's complicated. Throughout life, no matter where you're at, some things are going to happen. It's going to be a little complicated. For instance, for those of you who don't know, my wife and I, we have two kids. We have Grace, who actually turns five on Tuesday, but has the attitude of a 15-year-old for sure, full of sass and drama. And then we have my son, Jeremiah, who, who's going to, oh, you're saying hi, cool, who's going to turn three this year. And in the Martinez household, we're, we're, we're competitive. We, we, we like to compete. Um, well, the kids and I love to compete. My wife isn't so competitive. She's okay with, go ahead, bro, you got it. But, but we love to compete. We'll compete in, like, who can be the first one to the room? Who brushed their teeth fastest? Uh, mom gets mad at that one. But, you know, who brushes their teeth? Who can run and jump higher? Who, who's faster? Who's stronger? And until now, I'm undefeated. I'm still winning at the house. I'm still the strongest and fastest at the house right now. Jeremiah's probably going to pass me in a few years. But we, we love to compete. And Grace goes to school. She's in TK. And in school, she, she brought the phrase, last one is a rotten egg. Anybody remember that phrase? Yes? Last one. You, you don't want that. You don't, right? But Jeremiah is so competitive that I don't think he understands because he still wants to be first. So if we run and he's first, yes. And then we say, oh, Papa's the rotten egg when I let them win. When I let them win. I'll get the rotten egg. But he's like, no, I want to be the rotten egg. So he's so competitive. He, he wants first place. But he also wants the title of rotten egg because to him it's like, well, I want that. You know what I mean? So for him in his life, it's complicated. He just doesn't know what to do. I want them all. And as we grow up, we'll find different circumstances that'll be complicated, right? Teenagers, you, you, you might get some acne in your face and it's going to be complicated. You want to go out in the world, but you're like a little embarrassed. Uh, it happens. It happens to all of us. Right, church? Amen. I'm not picking on the youth. I'm just telling you it's going to happen. As we grow up, especially during this season... We have taxes. Those are complicated. Like, if you do your own taxes, God bless you. You were, you were anointed and set apart for sure. Now, I have a person I go to, but, but it's complicated. Things in life are going to be complicated. But one thing we will all have in common that is going to be complicated is, is relationships. Relationships will be complicated. I did a little poll on, on my Instagram all 14 followers that, that are there. And I, I did the poll and 4% said, no, relationships are complicated. Everyone else said yes. It's either yes or it depends, but it's complicated. How many ever dealt with a relationship that's just complicated, right? And, and, and for those who are married, it can get complicated as well, right? Those are a date. It's just, but even in friendships, it can be complicated, Right? Like, I want to hang out with you, bro, but you're a little weird sometimes. Like, it's complicated. We're, we're actually going to go over there, but it, it just, it's complicated. So we wanted to take a moment for these next two weeks, just speak on how you can better your, your friendships and your relationships. Are you guys with me this morning? 
Yes. So, so one of the scriptures we find in, in, in scripture is Jeremiah. Jeremiah wrote the book of Lamentations. And, and in this passage of scripture, he, he himself sounds complicated. And it reads this. If you're reading it with us, it's Lamentations 3, 19, 23. And he says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I will, I well remember them. And my soul is downcast within me. So Jeremiah at this point is saying, I remember how hard it was, right? The past, I remember the situations that I was in and it's, it, it's not good. And at this moment, he says, my soul is, he doesn't say my soul was. He's saying my soul is downcast within me. Have you ever been in that moment, church, where you're like, man, I'm trying to get over that. I'm trying to get over this circumstance, but at this moment, I can't. So he's remembering of the past and also saying, at this moment, I feel sad. At this moment, I am hurting. But he says this, Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So we see Jeremiah at the moment, he's remembering the past. He's still a little hurting, but he's remembering. He sets his mind on being reminded that every day, God's grace, God's faithfulness is new. That's a great reminder. I don't know where you're at in life at this moment. Or maybe you're in that point where you're like, I, I don't know if I want to deal with this thing. But can you remind yourself, church, that God is faithful? Come on, if you can, turn to the person next to you and say, God is faithful. And the, the best thing we, we can do in helping with our relationships and this goes for everyone, married, single, um, dating, engaged. We got some engaged people for sure I know here, right? Engaged people? Hey, a few of you, you guys sound happy. Cool, good job. We got single people, right, that aren't married. Are you guys here in the house as well? Yeah, there we go. And then we got married folks, right? We got some married people here. That's always the big one. I'm scared that the married people aren't going to say nothing. I was like, oh, yeah, I am, but I don't know. But one thing that we can know for sure is if we do this one thing, this one principle that'll help us in every relationship, friendships, dating, engaged, married, is do this. Seek God. Seek God. That's what we have to do. It's, it's vital. It's important. We need to learn to seek God. Right? We see in Matthew 6.33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. If we seek God, these things will work out. And I, I really believe this morning that if we seek God, we're able to have better relationships. We're able to endure certain things and, and, and realize that it, it's God's goodness. So as we're going to the message, I, I want to say this. Not just married people, but everybody. This is for everybody today. Can God be my one and my spouse be my two? It's complicated. For those of you who are visiting for the first time, you're probably like, bro, I don't know if I agree with that, right? It's complicated, but, but trust me when we say this, that if God is your first and, and your spouse will be your second, things will get better. 
they're still going to be tough. Like it doesn't get better when you get married. Like there's still some, some pain and suffering, but, but we have that peace. We have that joy of understanding that, that God is all we need. So as you're listening today, remind yourself that God is my one and my spouse is my second. We also have these handout guys. I, if, you, if you don't have one, keep your hand up and we'll have one of the ushers come. But if you can follow along, that'd be awesome. Uh, just because you'll, you'll retain more. So hopefully you're taking notes as we're sharing these, these tips for your life. So remember, one is, is God is my one and my spouse is my two. We also have to remember that I will seek the one while preparing for or serving with my two. So for those of you who aren't married, could we have that attitude? I'm going to continue, continue seeking God while I wait for my two. Or maybe you're, you're dating, you're engaged. How awesome is it to serve with the person you're engaged to? Hey, how are we getting connected here at church? We have a lot of different areas where you can serve, whether it's kids ministry, the worship team, production team, first impressions, first encounters, information center. It goes on, par- parking. Like, there's a place where you can get involved. And you guys don't have to be in the same ministry, but, but as you guys are growing, you're seeking God and you're serving, you, you begin to have a different set of heart. Your, your heart kind of changes a little bit. You start to serve and get more involved in church. So we encourage you here at LifeHouse, get plugged in, start serving. One of the best ways we do is we have a class called Next Steps and that's the last Saturday of every month. And in that class, we, we want you to connect, get to know who we are, get to know the gifts that God has placed for each and every one of you guys and you can serve together. So I will seek the one while preparing for or serving with my two. And then we have to remember that I will seek the one with my two. Why why is it so important to seek God? Why, why, Why am I emphasizing so much on you need to seek God? What's gonna make it better? Because if you seek God, he starts to change you. Your mentality starts to shift. You start to realize that, man, he's changing my heart. He's changing my motives. And one of the best scriptures I love um, in, in the Bible is in Philippians 3, 2, I believe we have it. Do we have it up there? There it is. Philippians 2, 3, it says, do nothing out of selfish ambitions or vain conceit. I believe I have the one, yeah, vain conceit. Rather, in humility above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of each of you to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, here we go, have the same mindset as Christ. When you seek him, you start to become like Jesus. And what is Jesus' attitude? Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. If we seek God, he starts to change us. If that is our priority and we're there, he will start to change you. Like, I love my wife. I love her. And this is a conversation we have, like, and I've thought about it as well. Like, if we're lucky, we're going to be married 60, 70 years, right? One of us may pass away first, but it's probably going to be me. Uh, but as that's happening... We only get a certain amount of time here. And in these next 70, God bless, 80 years, we're married. I'm going to love her. But I also have to realize that at the end of the day, I'm going to spend eternity with God. 
right? That's the reason why my spouse, my God is my one and my spouse is my second. Because there is an eternity. An eternity. I, I can't comprehend it. It, it frustrates me because I, I can't think more. I need to know, like, I need a time date. And sometimes we can't, right? It's like, it's eternity. So can we seek God in the time that he's given us here on earth? So as we seek God, we, we start to change. Somehow you start to say, you know, when I get home, I, I'm going to wash the dishes. I'm not saying I'm going to, no, I, I, I'm going to wash the dishes. I'm going to take out the trash. I'll help with the kids. I, I, I'm going to serve her because the mentality of Jesus is, is putting others above yourself. The mentality of Jesus is we're here to serve. We're here to love one another. So if I do those things, it's very, very unlikely that my wife is going to be mad. Someone has to say, whoa, you know, maybe I should do those things too. Then she starts to serve me and, and things become better. Not perfect. But, but it starts to change the atmosphere in our home. My kids start to see, oh, you know, one of the things I love to do is when I get home to the house and the kids run to me and they, they want to hug me, the first thing I do is I say, wait, wait, mama gets the first kiss. And, and I want to show my kids that I'm putting her above myself and I want to love her. Vice versa, we do it the same way. Now imagine if we also apply that in our friendships. If we decide to say, hey, my, my friends, I, I want to go out, whatever you want, man, let, let me serve you. If we served our friends that way, I promise you we'd probably have a little less toxic relationships. We'd be able to enjoy each other because I know when I go out, man, like we're going to have a good time. Like, hey, bro, what do you want to do? How can we be friends? Like, what, what can I do for you? And that is the mindset. That is the attitude of Jesus. And when we seek God, he begins to work in our lives. Does that make sense, church? Are you with me this morning? Seeking God. There's um, a Harvard study that revealed that only one out of 1,246 couples got a divorce if they did just these three simple things on a regular basis. So these next three things that we have, I, I want to encourage you to do them. And it's going to be awkward in the beginning. It's going to be a little weird at first. But, but if you do these three things in your marriage... Not just in your marriage, but in your friendships. Obviously, you can't, well, no, you can't get a divorce in friends. You know what I mean? But you drift apart. But, but if we have this mentality, I believe God is able to bless that relationship. The first one, here we go. Say, from this day forward. Come on, one more time. From this day forward. Maybe you don't do these things. That's okay. But can we say this morning, from this day forward, God, I want to do that. I, I, I want to be in better relationships. So from this day forward, I will want to do these things daily. And here we go. You guys ready to write these notes down? The first one is pray together. If you don't do that, I'm going to be very honest. It's going to be awkward in the beginning. Like I remember when we first got married and, and we were praying for it. And in the morning, it's like, God, like, and again, I, I'm in ministry, so I'm used to praying, but, but it's weird. I'm not going to act like it's not. I'm not here to say, yeah, right away, the Holy Spirit. I mean, it can. The Holy Spirit can be there. But, you know, she's not going to get slain right away. Like, it's just a talk, man. It's a conversation. And I ask questions. What do you want me to pray for you today? Most of the times, like, man, I pray that I don't lose my salvation at work because she's a teacher. She teaches eighth grade. 
So, so that's a thing that, that, that's frustrating, right? But it's just, how can I pray for you? But we have the mentality of praying out loud together. One thing we do with our kids is as they're, they're leaving, they're in the car, we buckle them up and she's getting ready to drive off to work is, is I love to pray with them. Like God be with us, protect mom, dad, Grace, Jeremiah. And, and we try to pray every day. No, we, we do pray every day together as a family. But in the beginning, it's awkward. And it's okay, just get over it. Like you'll get better, you will. You just got to do it consistently. Everything, anytime you do something for the first time is awkward. How many remember going to the gym for the first time, right? How awkward is that? Like, man, I got to run in front of people. It just feels weird. The first time you did any of that, maybe the first time you came to church was awkward. Like, man, these people are raising their hands. It feels a little weird here. It's okay. But the more you do things, the more comfortable you start to get. And if we're seeking God, we, we, we tend to be able to have conversations and they last a little longer. So I encourage you. From this day forward, can you take time to pray with your spouse? And for those of you who aren't married friends, can you just get in the habit of praying with your friends? And go a little more above than just at the, at the lunch table. I mean, you could start there, right? But, but I, I have a, a cool group chat with, with friends around California. And we don't talk a lot, like on the phone on a regular basis. But I love that I can always go to that group chat and ask for prayer. And it's just a, a group chat that encourages me and vice versa. It works the way all around. Imagine if in your friendships, like you knew you had friends that can pray for you. Like, hey, you know what, man? I, I'm going through it. Like, can you pray for me? And instead of just saying, yeah, I'm gonna pray for you and don't do it. Do it right there. I have friends that say, all right, let me call you real quick. Hey, I'm praying for you in Jesus' name. Vice versa, I'll call them right then and there. You, you, you don't have to only pray in the morning. You can pray throughout the day, guys. We can. But imagine if you were in friendships like that. That you just knew, man, my boy just wants to pray for me. Like, it'll be such a healthier friendship. I know it can get awkward. And again, everything's going to be awkward. But can we do that? If you want to help better your relationships, the number one thing we should do is pray together. Number two is discuss the Bible together. Discuss the Bible together. No one's saying grade each other, give each other tests. Like, don't go crazy. You know what I mean? Just discuss. This is what I learned today. This is what I'm reading. If anything, ask questions like, hey, I don't understand this. Can you come here? Can you help me? Can we learn this together? There's a show. I don't know if you guys watch The Chosen. Yeah, if you haven't watched that show I know sometimes like Christian TV shows are a little cringy, like it's awkward acting, but this is really good. Like it is really, if you don't like the chosen man, I'll, I'm not going to say buy you dinner, but you might have bad taste. No, I'm kidding. But it is a great show, right? It's obviously about Jesus and how he finds his disciples. And, and I've learned watching that, like even within my, my wife, like we're watching it and then we're also like looking at scripture, like, oh, that does make sense. That, that's cool. It's a great way of just engaging. That's a good conversation I have with my friends. Like, hey, did you guys watch today's episode? Like, what'd you think? Oh, yes. Actually, I read this. And it's just a conversation. We're discussing the Bible together. Because the more we do it, the more we're becoming like God. And what better way than the scripture, right? The, the best way you want to grow and know who God is, obviously scripture. But I think he's also given us other, other tools to use. Maybe you don't watch The Chosen, but... We all have a cell phone, right? There's an app called the Bible app. That's cool because you can add friends. 
You can have like your own little group chats as you do studies together. I know the youth, the beginning, the first week of the, of the month, they all have a group chat within all of them and they have a, a Bible plan that they all can follow. And that's a way of discussing the Bible with, with, with your friends. Pastor Manuel and Areli, they, they're saying, man, it's awesome because our youth are just engaging in that. They're asking questions. And sometimes they don't even know the answers, but they'll figure it out. We'll do it together. And I think that's what we want to do as a family. So imagine not only if you had friendships and in there you prayed together and then you discussed the Bible together. How awesome would that be? I promise you that your friendships will get healthier. Your marriage will get healthier because along the, uh, along the walk of that, we'll begin to understand the heart of Jesus and he'll start to change the way we think. Because how many know we're, we're all selfish by nature? We're, we're, we're sinful, right? Well, the best way I can think of is I teach my son how to do what's right. Tell him to tell the truth, right? Every day, the, the key I tell my kids is today we're going to be good leaders. Good leaders make good choices. They listen and they're nice to people. Every day we say that before they leave, right? Every day I'm encouraging them, don't do that. Listen, don't steal. But yet somehow I find him sneaking away, trying to get cookies that he's not supposed to. He, he's being sneaky, just trying to do it. He knows like, oh, it's wrong. Why? I've never taught him to steal. I've never taught him to do bad things. It's just in us. It's in our nature. We're, we're, we're sinful. Without Jesus, we tend to do bad things. We tend to do bad things. And, and over time, if we're not involved in healthier relationships or if we're not involved just in a, in a general relationship with Jesus, we tend to do just bigger things. Then it goes from stealing cookies to stealing some money. That's stealing money, obviously, to start doing different things that end up being repercussions of we, we aren't having a relationship with Jesus and we're just naturally sinful. Does that make sense, church? So we pray together. We discuss the Bible together. And then lastly, is we attend church together. We attend church together. How awesome is it just the Sunday after Sunday to say, hey, this is the time we're setting apart for the Lord. And for most of you, obviously, you might be here with your wife. And then for those of you, you might not have your spouse here. And that's okay. Continue to pray that God will, will work in their lives and as a family, we will continue to pray that that will happen as well. But it goes far more than just attending church. Because we have to remember that, although this is, yes, a church building, but we are a church. We are a church. And it goes far more than just attending Sundays. That's why it is so, so, so important that we don't just attend Sunday, but we're involved in a life group. I once heard someone say that life gets better or life shouldn't be done in rows. It should be done in circles. As we're gathering around each other, as we're having discussions, I challenge you, join a life group. I know we say that Sunday after Sunday, but February 19th, we actually start launch our life groups. Good plug, right? Good plug right now. But it is better. And yes, it might be awkward in the beginning. Like, uh, you might have some weird people. It's okay. You know, we're going to love on them either way. And if you're the weird person, I'm sorry. But attend church together. Be part of a life group. 
Do life with people. Surround yourselves with people, not that are perfect because none of us are perfect, but people that want to get better and grow closer to the Lord. You begin to see, yeah, I, I can have a, a friendship with this person. I, I'm encouraged to do life with people. I'm encouraged and motivated because ultimately this is how we seek God. And again, maybe you haven't done all those things. That's okay. It is okay. But can we say from this day forward, from this day forward, we continue to do these things. Right there where you're at, church, if you can bow your head. We never want to leave a service without being able to extend time of salvation. So with every head bowed, maybe you're saying, man, Saul, I've been through some stuff. I, I don't know where I'm at in life and it's a little complicated. What I do know is that I don't want to leave this building without having God be my number one. I don't want to leave this building without knowing that I truly have a relationship with Jesus. And I don't want to leave this building without knowing that I am certainly saved. So at, that, at this moment, if you've never received Jesus, I'd love for you to raise your hand, not to point you out, but just to pray for you. So if that's you this morning, you say, you know what? I want to be saved today. I, I want to be certain. I'd encourage you, just lift your hand at the moment, right there where you're at. No one's looking. We have eyes closed. That is you today. I see you. I see you. Come on, church. Give it up for those that have received Jesus for the first time today. It is a win today. So if you're there, if you can keep your hand raised and an usher will come up, we just want to give you a connection card and just say, we want to connect with you. But at this moment, can we all repeat this? Say, Jesus, we thank you. And at this moment... I realize I am a sinner. I realize that I have done wrong. But today, I confess my sins and ask that you forgive me. I repent. And today, from this day forward, I choose to live a life for you. Come on, church, can we give it up once again for our first for the people who gave salvation today? Thank you so very much for joining us today on the LifeHouse podcast. I pray and hope this message has encouraged, inspired, and challenged you to grow closer to God. If you would like to be a part of what God is doing here at LifeHouse, visit our website at lifehousechurch.com. That's lifehousechurch.com for more information or consider subscribing and share it with one of your friends and family. Thank you again for being part of our journey, your journey, that will lead you to know God better, grow together, and go serve and make a difference. Thank you again. God bless you. See you next time.